Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serialholic Sisters. True crime shit. What is up? <laughs> Sup, girl? What is hap what is happening? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know you know same old same old <laughs> okay so what's happening I, with you well I got a really funny story that I'd like to share with you at the same time as our listeners oh please do I'm okay. very excited okay so um my, I hope it's really funny no pressure no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it might not be it's probably really weird and awkward that just, sounds right that's on to, brand <laughs> it goes to show you my kids um so my youngest um my my youngest kid she she has a very wild imagination okay mm-hmm. so she's allergic to all everything dairy. yeah <laughs> well she's allergic to all dairy like can't drink milk can't have cheese and it, it's not like lactose intolerant like she legitimately will break out into hives right yeah <laughs> like yeah. she is straight allergic to it so um we finally introduced her to a vegan cheese um, because you know, the rest of the kids and, and my husband really love pizza. And so he wanted to make her her own pizza, but with, you know, vegan cheese. Right. So we, so we did, and she loves it. And so I, t- I told our dad that she loved it. And so they went out and got vegan cheese for her too, because he watches her. Cause he watches her during the day. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> He made her pizza and he had put this pizza on a piece of aluminum foil. I'm so okay. concerned about where this is going. Okay. <laughs> I promise it's going somewhere. So okay. she puts this pizza or he puts this pizza on this piece of aluminum foil and the pizza cooks, he gets it out of the oven and he gets it off the foil and like he balled up the foil and put it next to her and was like, okay, you need to throw this away when you're done eating, when you throw your plate away. And instead of throwing it away, oh my she, God. she has named it Fred <laughs> <laughs> and it's her friend. Your kid is just carrying around a wad of aluminum foil. <laughs> she is. She's carrying around a wad of aluminum foil everywhere that she goes. Literally. So, where did Fred come from? That's so freaking weird. No. Also, by the way who the hell I, people might do it i don't know but i don't who cooks pizza on aluminum foil i don't know i i <laughs> what, what is it's that i don't know so, i'm confused about this entire story you know? <laughs> i really don't understand why he cooked it on a piece of aluminum foil i i don't know and maybe he did it to avoid having to wash dishes probably that sounds right because i was like i know they have pans i know they have pizza pans like i grew up with them <laughs> i mean typical male behavior <laughs> who knows but she's carrying around this lot of aluminum foil so i so i just put her to bed you know i we have a nightly routine like i read her a bedtime story and she goes to bed and i come downstairs and i'm like getting everything that i need to get ready 
before the evening, before I have to go to bed. And I hear her yell, mom, mom. Oh my God. Like, what? And she goes, I need Fred. And I'm like, you are not sleeping with a ball balloon. <laughs> oh, geez. So, so basically I look like a crazy person that apparently just like lets my daughter carry around aluminum foil with her everywhere she goes. And now I'm like petrified that she's going to start bringing this wad of aluminum foil to school. <laughs> because she hasn't started school. She starts school this next year and, yeah, and she's, she's going to, well, you're just going to have to explain to her that Fred has to stay home and watch all of her other friends while well, she's at I, school. <laughs> I told her she wasn't sleeping with, and this is my, my method of parenting. <laughs> this is how mean I am. So I told her she couldn't sleep with the aluminum foil. Okay. Terrible. And she, kept, she kept crying. She's like, I got to sleep with Fred. And I was like, if you say Fred one more time, Fred's going in the trash. <gasps> <laughs> Terrible mommy. <laughs> she, she looked me square in the eye and said, Fred. <laughs> of course she did. That sounds just like her. <laughs> I said, in the trash it's going. And she started bawling. Please don't throw my friend away. Oh my gosh. Okay, so basically, um, I have a really awkward child that really needs friends. So, so where is Fred now? I honestly don't even know where she put it. So, I don't, I don't know. They hid Fred from you, so you don't throw him away. <laughs> probably got him up in her room, and I didn't know. Probably, but well, okay, your kid's weird. I know that's so fine. There's <laughs> our, there's our little fun story before we get into the, the you know, the not fun stuff. The murdery stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's not so fun. <laughs> so it's your turn. Loose. It's your it turn to talk loose. about murdery stuff this week. It is my turn. Um, so this week, uh, my story is it's kind of a, a different one. Um, you'll probably know it. It's it was a cold case, but then it does get solved. So I I will say there is a somewhat happy ending ending at the end because you know it gets solved there's, but there's like peace yeah um so I'm just gonna go ahead and 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 get into it so okay here we go here we go so it, it was it started on October 22nd 1989 oh you're just not gonna tell me anything okay no I'm not <laughs> I, I'll get I'll get right into it <laughs> okay October something some year uh, October 22nd 1989 got it so 32 years ago <laughs> math okay um yeah <laughs> I only know that because I was born in 90 <laughs> oh <laughs> oh <laughs> anywho <laughs> Jacob Wetterling okay and his younger brother Trevor and his friend Aaron Larson wanted to go to the Tom Thumb convenience store in St. Joseph Minnesota it was late it was really late and, and Jacob's parents were at a dinner party. Um, so they called their mother to ask for permission to ride their bikes there. How old are they? Did you say, or did I miss it? I, I haven't. I'll get there. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. It's okay. She, she told him no, because it was after dark. Okay. And you know, the cars wouldn't be able to see them. Um, right. Makes sense. 1989, you know, they, you don't think about just, that kind of thing. It's just dark. Like streetlights are on your home, right? Right. Um, but of course, boys are gonna be boys. So they decided to do the next rational thing they could think of and call their dad. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> so they called their dad and they asked him. Um, and instead of 
of telling him like can we just go they actually gave a proposal they said we'll bring flashlights and wear reflective vests so that cars can see us i'd still say no but okay i would definitely say no but <laughs> yeah. i'm a helicopter mom <laughs> so <Same. laughs> um i mean my kids don't go anywhere without i'm me, not so. i'm not judging i just am a helicopter no yes. and and back then i mean it wasn't as yeah i know everybody I mean, went it everywhere was, it was as bad i mean it was bad it yeah. was not as bad as it is now but it was bad but you just didn't hear about it you know exactly it was bad you didn't hear about it like kids roamed all over the place all the time but you didn't hear as much about it because yes. there wasn't so many like social media and outlets and stuff to hear about all the terrible stories that well, happened even, then <laughs> right and and yeah they wanted to go to the convenience store but it was only four blocks away and they wanted to go four blocks away to rent a movie that's why they wanted to go they were bored at home their parents were gone they right just, like they, when we were kids in the summers when we'd visit like megan and them we'd walk we'd walk four down the road to, the to, to get um, gum. exactly we'd walk <laughs> exactly that's what i was gonna say we'd have to like cross train tracks and all the stuff but it wasn't that far and nobody thought anything of it well we were and it was a group of people yeah. so you know their dad thought it was a pretty well thought out plan and since there were three of them he was like okay yeah bring your flashlights your reflective vests you know make sure you're you're safe go there and come right back so they get on their bikes and they ride their bikes to the convenience store they made the four block trip but on their way back a man that was dressed in dark clothing and a mask jumped out of a driveway with a revolver oh, no. and demanded that the boys throw their bikes into the ditch and lie face down on the ground why though they have nothing for you they are kids they are kids um so you know they complied they didn't know what to do they're freaking out there's a gun pointed at them right so then he demanded while they're face down on the ground for them to tell him their ages. Okay. So Jacob was 11. Oh, good God. Okay. Trevor's 10 and Aaron is 11. Okay. So he made Trevor get up out of the ditch and run towards a wooded area that was nearby and not look back. And if he did, he'd shoot him. That's what he told him. Okay. And then after he let him go, he made the other two turn around so that he could look at them. And he sent Aaron, the friend of Jacob, on as well. He said, you need to go and don't turn back around or I'll shoot you. So that left Jacob. Okay. He then grabbed Jacob by the elbow, dragged him into a wooded area, and that was the last anybody had seen of Jacob. Aww. Okay. So the other two boys, they sprinted home. They called their parents, who then in turn called 911. Like, 911 was contacted. Um, right. It was actually contacted by a neighbor, and I'll get to that. Um, it took six minutes after the 911 call for the sheriff deputy to be on the scene where he found the boys' bikes and called for backup. Okay. FBI was alerted and throughout the night, you know, Jacob was searched for. It was like such a massive search that it had tons of media attention. Yeah. But sadly, each day that went on, you know, led there was no leads, there was no evidence. The case ended 
ended up going cold. So That's so sad. It, it is sad. So you know, their mother's constantly worried, wondering what happened, wondering to what happened to yes. her child. Um, and the boys, I mean, they lost right. their brother and her friend, and and they, I mean, they had such a traumatic experience themselves just wondering what happened to him it's, right that's terrible I don't know happened. what happened if he's still alive if, or what happened yes um so I'm gonna read the call um so the county sheriff's office transcript of the 911 call it was made by Marilyn Jerzak she was a neighbor of Patty and Jerry Wetterling um the parents of Jacob okay um and it was actually the neighbor's daughter had um, been babysitting at the Wetterling house, okay. but, you know, they called their parents and asked if they could go to the convenience store and they allowed it. So she was just sitting there waiting. And um, when they got there, you know, the 911 call was made. So 911 uh, emergency. Yes, this is Marilyn Jerzak calling from in St. Joe out in the township. Uh-huh. I'm right next door to um, my neighbors, uh, my neighbors, the Jerry Wetterling family. That's where you're calling from, correct? And some of their boys went to the Tom Thumb to pick up a movie and on their way back, someone stopped them. And uh, we believe that they have one of the boys because one of the boys not come back with them. Okay, were you, were they picked up in a vehicle? just a second I'll ask the boys was there a vehicle there or was he walking they couldn't they didn't see a vehicle this person appeared on the road when they were bicycling back home okay was it and they don't know where the other friend is at they don't know where their brother and friend is at okay so we're missing two people just missing one one right okay did they see the individual at all yes they did did you see the individual at all he had a mask on so she's asking the kids right at the same time right he, he had a mask on right okay jacob it's jacob right yes and he's 11 jacob wetterling he's the one missing and that was a 911 call okay um so it's really really sad i mean uh -huh. it, the woman was panicked she you can uh, obviously read, yeah, I'm sure. i was gonna say i'm i'm literally stumbling the words because that's her stumbling the words right yeah like i could not imagine yes. being in that position and having to make that call like that's not terrible just, and not just that like the babysitter like I, i'm sorry right. but at that age too babysitting a, a house full of boys i would honestly feel responsible even yeah. letting them go too um so yeah on january 13th 1989 which was roughly nine months before the wetterling abduction um 12 year old jared and i'm gonna butcher his last name i'm sorry Cheryl, I, I can't, it's, it's a crazy last name. I know okay. I listened to his last name and, in, in uh, some of the, like you Google pronounced it and stuff and like, well, and I, and I also watched some interviews and stuff that were done and, and even listened to it and I still can't pronounce it. I'm so sorry. Can you spell it for me? It's S C H E I E R L. Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl. That sounds right. Okay. Okay, Jared. <laughs> Jared Gerald. Cheryl. Yes. Okay. So he was kidnapped 
sexually assaulted and physically threatened by an unknown adult man. Oh, geez. And his statement given on that night was similar to Jacob's case. So the perpetrator had used a gun. Um, and when he released the boy, he told him to run and not look back or else he'd be shot. And the incident actually occurred 10 miles from where he would later stop the Wetterling brothers and their friend. And now this is important because the police did not look into this case as a similar case until a blogger deep dives into it. So we're going to get into that. We're going to come back to this. I'm not going to go into So basically, are you going to tell me that social media helped solve this case? It did. I'm going to tell you a lot of stuff this case um it it reminds me a lot of uh the golden gate yeah killer when you know Eron's Eron's yeah when when Joseph Delangelo yeah she and she literally wrote her book and solved the golden state golden state killer did I say gate you did I I was confused for a second (laughs) I don't know why I said Golden State. Golden State. Uh, sorry. Anyways, so we're gonna get back to the the blogger. Um, but we'll get back into the the Jacob side too. So, in tens and thousands of pages of documents that were released, there was one name that stood out, and his name was Daniel Razor. Okay. So, Razor was a music teacher. He lived with his parents on their family farm, which was really close to. Um, Jacob and his family's house and their driveway was actually near the spot where Jacob was abducted and after Razor was identified as a person of interest Mm -hmm. um, which was in the 2000s like literally he wasn't even a person of interest until like Like, 2010 like 20 years later yeah Um, (laughs) like the investigators ends up they come in and they searched his home and they even dug up the farm looking for clues like no evidential there's just like 20 years later they're like hey you might have done it let me dig your yard up with yeah yes okay such an awful awful thing and let me search Um, your house like that's gonna have anything from 20 years ago in it and there's literally no proof of anything like he was just a person of interest it was basically months of ambushing this guy it was definitely treated very poorly in this case and from the documents that law enforcement officials had, they had literally zero proof of any misconduct like that would even connect him to this particular. They were case. just like, you live close by. Yeah. It, it and was that's weird. it. <laughs> nice. So okay. It was, it was mistakenly narrowed in um, because a 2002 cold case review by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children had already focused heavily on Razor as a prime suspect. Um, and this particular thing, like they tried to pin the Jared in Cold Spring and Jan- yeah. that happened in Jared. Uh, yeah. But again, there was no proof. There was no, there was no proof of these attacks. There was nothing. Um, like the documents that were in these files, like included lists of stuff that he had done. So like marathons that he ran in 2006, they had a surveillance log detailing movements over four days in 2007. Um, they literally included like him stopping at a, a place to get gas, a list of all the mail that came in, like legitimately just stalking this man. Right. 
with no proof of anything with with no proof of anything so in the fall of 2009 they even convinced patty jacob's mother to wear a wire and and to confront this guy in the mall come at him and be like did you take my son yes like wear a wire and go and confront him and be like hey (laughs) this is i'm gonna come and talk to you because they knew he liked to work out on Tuesday nights and that's where like his little gym spot was. So she like ambushes him too, which she's a mother. She doesn't know what to do. Right. I mean, she's just, she's just hearing from these people. Like this is a suspect. We think he might've done it. Will you wear a wire and go talk to him? And she's like, yeah, anything to find my kid. It's, it's ridiculous. So terrible. in, In March of 2017, Razor actually sued the former county sheriff and the county claiming that they caused him emotional distress and that he and his mother Rita wanted two million dollars in damages oh damn okay so basically they dropped him as a possible right (laughs) okay so they're like "Mm, we should probably just leave him alone like actually you were just cleared so you're good bro I'm sorry for digging up your farm my bad like it's it was bullshit so now we're going to go into... So they wasted all this time and effort on that when they could have been, like, looking into yeah. other things. So for years, they're, like, focusing on this one person with no fucking reason. That's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, which, I'm I'm not downgrading our law enforcement by all means. You know, there's... When you get a lead or something, you follow it. And sometimes it takes a long time for you to do that. But in this particular case, I feel like it was definitely poorly executed. Like you have to actually have a lead to follow a lead. So. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> poor, poor, just awful. So we're going to get back to the blogger. Okay. So Joy Baker, she was a blogger. She was hey, 22. Huh? I said, hey, Joy. Hey, hey girl. Hey, girl. Hi. Um, she was 22 years old when Jacob was abducted and she actually remembered like the missing posters and the theories oh. that went on over yeah. Kate. and she, she even remembers hearing about like Razor being a possible suspect and all this stuff too. Mm-hmm. So after it was dropped after, after his, him being a suspect was dropped too, um, like just digging into this case in particular, like she actually got into her car stopped at the abduction site and then went to the corner store where the boys had gone and she legitimately was trying to retrace the steps that were taken that night okay so she started basically her own investigation which took her six years to right i mean she has no like funds for this like she's doing it all on her own like she it took her it did take her six years but she is honestly she's the biggest reason this this case ends up getting closed so you know shout out to joy baker but (laughs) uh, she started her investigation with google that's (laughs) crazy she literally started googling some of the the information that had been leaked from the media you know there was a lot of media press there was a lot of information that went on during this um case uh i mean people were looking for him yeah for a long time uh she learned that in 2003 a man came forward and told the police that he had heard about the abduction from a police scanner and he arrived on the scene before law enforcement which is crazy because you know there was a 
right six minutes after the call was made right the sheriff was there yeah but it was his fresh tire treads that the police had assumed that the suspect left in a vehicle but she learned you know of the phone call into 911 that the boys stated no vehicle was used right this means he had to have been local or close by because he was on foot well police at that time were looking for a possible vehicle even though the boys had called in a 911 call they missed that portion of it which is odd like that's very odd so in 2004 a man came forward with a story that was similar to jacob's abduction jared uh how do i how do you say it again she she i forgot Cheryl, I forgot the spelling. I, I promise you, I'm gonna, I'm butchering it. I'm so sorry to all my listeners. <laughs> um, anyways, Jared, yes. he had been he had been 12 when uh he was walking home from a local cafe in Cold Spring, Minnesota, which was only 12 miles away from St. Joseph. Right. And a man in a car slowed down and had asked him for directions. And when Jared had stopped walking to point, the man grabbed him and pulled him inside the vehicle. He was taken to a remote area. He was sexually assaulted. Mm. The man drove him back into town, asked him if he recognized him. When Jared said no, he let him out of the vehicle and told him to run. And if he looked back, he'd be shot. Which, as you recall, I brought this this up earlier. And it was, so this, like this traumatic incident, you know, it happened nine months before Jacob's abduction happened. And after listening to the 911 call and the current open case and this particular case being open, Joy was was like, this sounds like the the attacks are connected. Right. They have the same exact, you know, description. The guy told the guy, uh, like the guy told the kid to run. Yeah. And if you look back, he'd shoot him. It's pretty similar. And it's around the same age of kid. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she felt they were connected. Right. So she contacted authorities. She gave her her personal information, like, in hopes to help. And investigators were convinced that they weren't related. They were crimes that had been taken, that had taken place in two different counties. And the department didn't seem to be willing to work together with her, like, at all. Uh. So I don't, I don't understand how they would think they're not related. They just because it's two different counties, like I know, but they were close enough counties together. So. Right. Like counties can be super close. Like I live in one county, but like yeah, work in a county right next to it. Oh, I know. I know. Well, and here's the thing. Oh, I work again, by the way, people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she works, she works again. <laughs> hey, I work again. I went back to my old job. <laughs> she's no she's no longer unemployed. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm grinding again. <laughs> Stabbing all those babies. Anyways. <laughs> Not really. That sounds awful. <laughs> no, like that uh, vaccines. Vaccines. <laughs> God, Crystal. I work at a pediatric clinic. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do, but yes. I mean, yeah, but in a safe medical, (laughs) non-harmful way. In a safe medical environment that is not harmful. It is the opposite of harmful. (laughs) 
anyways, yes, carry on. <laughs> so Baker, um, she she's gonna keep pursuing every lead available to to her. Like she just kept on going. She didn't Good. care. She I'm didn't glad care. that she was around. <laughs> I know. She didn't care that the investigators didn't believe her. She was going to get to the bottom of this. So she actually reached out to Jared, which, you know, by the time she's digging into this case, he's not 12 anymore. He's no, an adult. He's, a gr- he's a grown up now. Yeah, he, he's a grown up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, the two of them start working together and piecing evidence together and they found that there was more unsolved sexual assaults involving young boys in the area. Oh, no. Okay. So each boy said the same thing about the man. Like, they investigated and there's, actually talked. So there's talked several of these them. that they weren't putting together. Yes. So they, so Baker and, and Jared, Joy and Jared, yeah. whichever, yeah, Um, they talked to some of the others that had you know, called in their sexual assaults and everything. And they, they told him the same thing. Will the man let me go? But he told me to run or I'm going to blow your head off. Right. Or some other reference that, you know, had to do with getting shot, getting shot. Yeah. Yeah. So joy continues to alert the sheriff's office. And she's like, hey, y'all aren't doing your job. Look what I found. <laughs> yeah. So she keeps calling and calling and spending, you know, hundreds of hours of research and constantly, you know, contacting the sheriff's department and saying, hey, there's these other assaults that you didn't believe were connected to, to Jacob or Jared or anybody, which at this time, you know, they don't think that Jacob was sexually assaulted. They don't know because they didn't find anything. But all these other sexual assaults happened and the same MO happened. And it just so happens that he let two of the boys go without touching them, but he said the same reference. Right. So, you know, they're, they're constantly sending, spending all these hours trying to research this. They're relentlessly so, harassing. So all the of county. these cases, were they all in different counties close together or were they like in the same, same counties, same counties? Yes, so they have all of these mm-hmm. with the same MOs and they're not putting it together. Yes. And they got so they got to the point where they were relentlessly harassing the county sheriff's office that they ended up involving Jacob's mother. Oh. And they did interviews with the local media. Yeah. And by by this time, like law enforcement decided, okay, well. They're like the media is involved. That means we need to get on this. Maybe and look we need at to it. start doing this because Jacob's story was featured on a CNN TV CNN. show mm-hmm. that um, included Jared's assaults and them comparing the two cases because Joy and and Jared reached out to media. Yeah, and because of this final media push, FBI decided okay, we're going to reopen this investigation because you think? now we're getting, <laughs> now we're getting some backlash. They're like, cause now we're looking real dumb y'all because <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. Which granted, like I said, I'm not, I'm not like downing our law enforcement because sometimes your hands are tied. Yeah. When you're well, trying to yeah I mean, you got a lot cases. going on, I'm sure, but also yeah. on cases like this with kids and stuff, you got to look for, you got to look for similarities in cases in oh, God. surrounding areas. And it, and it just so happened like joy. So, and I didn't mention this earlier, but, but joy was a mother too. 
So by this time now, you know, she's a mother too. And when you're a mom, like your perspective is so different. Um, especially in, in in, in child abduction cases. I mean, if you're reading about it and it's somewhere near you, it just hits you hard, you know? So I listened to so much, like I've like read about and listened to like so much true crime stuff before I had kids. But then once I had kids, the, the child cases like hit me so differently and so much harder. The one there, the one that I cannot get out of my head that I never want to cover because it hit me so hard is, um, Maddie Clifton. That one was awful and terrible. And like, I was upset forever. And that's what I always think of. And it's just so much different. I feel like when, once you have kids, just the way you look at it, with I mean, these it kids is. Cases. and that's, and my thing is it's, it's already hard having to work, you know, in a law enforcement role and, and have to legitimately deal with cases like these on day-to-day basis. But like, as a mother, when you're reading about it and it's close to home and you know the people or have heard about the people or you're in a County that's five minutes away and right. And and I'm not terrifying. It's terrifying to think, Oh, if I let my kids go do this, exactly. Say it like I'm not saying it know. wasn't hard to listen to kids stuff before I had kids because it was. Oh, but it, yeah. It was just so much more close to home. Like, just that it, it, it just, is, and that's my thing. Like, I mean, I've. Clearly, it's always terrible to hear and mm-hmm. think about and all that, but you you think of it, you change it to where it's like, well, if this was my kid, like, oh which yeah, is and that's devastating. And that's basically what she did. So right. In May 2014, investigators confirmed that they were taking another look at a series of attempted child molestations that had occurred in the Painesville area in the two years preceding the Jacob abduction and murder, which by this time they didn't know it was a murder, but we'll get to that. You <laughs> said that clearly. I was like, murder, oh no. It is. I mean, we we already know. We, um, we did, unfortunately. So... <laughs> Between the summer of 1986 and the spring of 1987, five teenage boys were attacked, but no one was ever arrested. See, I was like, summer of 86 was a good time because that's when I was born, but apparently it was an (laughs) awful time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the authorities interviewed some of the victims again and worked with Joy Baker, who had brought the information to light. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And after months of research and interviews with some of the victims, um, investigators believe that these attacks were not random now and that, the, and that the culprit could be connected to the abduction of Jacob, which was located only 40 minutes away from other crime scenes that right. happened. So DNA evidence was collected from Jared's sexual assault. Um, and, you know, it's obviously grown like the technology has grown so they decided because they were reopening the case for jacob they would retest the 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 dna okay. evidence the jared from, yeah from jared's uh sexual assault and and they retested it in 2015 and okay. it hit a match oh danny james henrich vomitus so obviously you know, he's an adult, so the statute of limitations was up for his right. particular case. <laughs> right. Um, 
but which is infuriating because you know this person did this it is so but he couldn't be charged for jared's assault because it was done however there was a search warrant that was granted because there was dna evidence proven so they were able to search and they found a crap ton of child pornography oh great okay yes um so how old is this guy now like then when they searched because i'm assuming he was a grown-ass man then oh god yeah he was old already um i don't know you don't have to you don't have to look up i was gonna say i don't think i even (laughs) looked at i know how old he'll be when he's released because he we'll get to that because he's out there in the world now no he's not released okay Oh. So um, that was very confusing. Continue. I'll get to that. <laughs> uh, Heinrich had initially been a suspect, but was released when witnesses couldn't identify him because he, Wait, wore a mask. he was initially a suspect. Like he way was back initially when? way back when. Okay. He was he was he was brought in for a lineup, but because witnesses couldn't identify him because the guy had was a mask. mask. On, he so they released. just let everybody out that they yes. thought could have been it because oh sorry he had a mask on yeah and then he was also a suspect in jared's assaults what but there wasn't enough evidence to convict him which again you know jared <laughs> happened nine months before jacob was even abducted so this was 19 what 89 january of 1989 yeah yeah when his happened so you know so they were even like, connected in the freaking suspects and they didn't put it yes, together. They sure were. I know. Doesn't it just make you so mad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it really um, does. He was he was known. He was a known child predator in the area. Oh, like he was, he was a known child predator. Let's and not look he, into him at all. <laughs> he was investigated for multiple crimes involving kids, but there was no evidence. There was there was no circumstantial evidence. So That's they so infuriating. They so they basically a- knew that this guy is just like a predator to all these children. And they're like, well, we can't yeah. timed anything. So sorry, kids, watch out. Right. So because they caught him for the Jared assault now that they've tested DNA, they brought him in, questioned him, and offered him a plea deal. So in return, <laughs> he decided to cooperate with authorities as part of the plea bargain. And on September 1st, 2016, he led the investigators to a burial site. Jacob's clothing and human remains were in a pasture near Paintonsville, which was about 30 miles away from um, the the Wetterling's house and the abduction site. So it was a short distance from like where he, like Henrich was, was actually living in 1989. And on September 3rd, the remains were confirmed through dental records to be Jacob's. Okay. I heard a cat. <laughs> hey, kitty. I hear him, but I don't <laughs> see him. That's really weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's really sad, but that's really good that, that they were able to have his remains and like know yeah. what happened to him, but it's also terrible. It is terrible. Um so in the plea agreement he agreed to plead guilty to one count of 25 federal child pornography charges that were brought against him Mm -hmm. 
And in addition to revealing the location of the body and pleading guilty, he would testify the details of the crime. And at the hearing before the judge, um, he testified that he kidnapped and handcuffed the boy. He drove him to a gravel pit near Painesville, molested him. And then after he was done, Jacob was crying and said he was cold and wanted to go home. And he panicked. So he told him to turn around because he had to oh, take a leak. Mm. But instead of doing this, he pointed his gun at his head, closed his eyes and shot. When mm. he opened when he opened, he noticed he was still standing. So he shot him three more times. Oh my gosh. Killed him and then buried his body. What? Did the and first shot hit him or did he just miss him? He missed him. Oh. So, yeah. Mm. He said that he was able to avoid police that night because he was listening to the police scanner. Mm. He said that he came back to the site a year later and moved the body after noticing that his jacket was becoming exposed. Yeah. And during I remember the, hearing that. Yeah. And during the court hearing, he also admitted to kidnapping and sexually assaulting Jared earlier that year. So and his plea bargain is, was just for the pornography, not for the crimes. That's what I was about to get to. This is, <laughs> this is what's going to really piss you off. It already has. So in exchange for his plea, the prosecutors agreed not to charge him with Jacob's murder. Mm -mm. In accordance with the plea agreement, um, he was sentenced to the maximum prison term of 20 years for child pornography charge. In addition, the plea deal will allow the state authorities to seek his civil commitment as a sexual predator. And at the end of his prison term, he, which, you know, could prevent him from ever going free. Um, the judge, basically, this is what the judge decided to, to say to him when he was in sentencing. Okay. He said, um, we won't pretend that this crime and sentence is about child pornography it is also about changing the lives of so many children and parents who prayed for Jacob's return and also feared you coming out of the dark. Every child knows the story of Jacob, Jacob Wetterling. You stole the innocence of children in small towns in the cities of Minnesota and beyond. And even though Heinrich could possibly be released in 17 years from, you know, the state prison sentence or whatever. Mm -hmm. The judge told him that it was unlikely as this crime is so heinous. Heinous, whoa. Thank you. <laughs> I, did you hear me? Heinous. I said heinous and then I just stopped and was like, that's not right. This that's is the like most heinous crime. Most heinous crime. Okay. Heinous. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nobody heard it. Keep going. <laughs> I literally just stopped and like looked at you like, no, I did not. <laughs> you did. You did. Keep going. <laughs> oh my God. So this crime is so heinous, uh -huh. so brutal and awful that it's unlikely society will ever let you go free. That's what he said to him. I'm waiting for you to tell me that he's free. I'm going to be even more pissed. 
Well, I want to read some um, more information. I don't want you to, but okay. (laughs) So I'm just going to read some of the stuff that makes you just want to punch this man in the face even more than you already do. See, why do you do this? Why do you get me all jacked up and ready to fight somebody (laughs) when I'm supposed to go go to bed soon? (laughs) I'm so sorry. Well, okay. So in the transcripts of the phone conversations that Danny had with his brothers, Um, They were released. So along with much of, you know, Jacob's investigation file, this is what uh, Heinrich had said. Um, He said Jacob was his last victim. (laughs) I don't even know where he's at. (laughs) No, Kitty. It's my chicken pot pie. (laughs) I know. I don't, I I have no idea where he's at. I got my big ass hundred pound dogs laying right next to me, but I have no idea where this cat is. <laughs> He's like, move dog. I want to sit down by mom. <laughs> God. Um, so he said, I was a monster back then, but I stopped 27 years ago. I haven't had no sexual contact with anybody. Double negative, uh, meaning you've had it with everybody. Yeah. Sorry. And his, brother, his brother's name is David. So he was like, I haven't had no sexual contact with anybody, David, since that night. Um, he said this to his brother after confessing in 2016, he went on to describe his mindset after the murder too. He said, I got home that night, David, I'm going to tell you the truth. I cried. I could, my God, what have I, yeah, my (laughs) God, what have I done? I don't know. I'm trying to think of what was wrong. I don't know what went wrong. Everything went wrong. I don't know what to think. Shut the fuck up. I that's what I'm nobody saying. feels bad for you. You gonna throw hands <laughs> after um, this call. Oh good God. And one of his first phone calls, too, he had admitted to his brother that he was guilty of the porn. But as far as like Jacob's case, he was like, it's bull, it's a setup. Oh, oh. But of course, you know, there's no way it's bull and set up when you lead him to the body. Right. <laughs> like you're mm. Like you're a dumbass. Just shut your fucking mouth. Shut He's your like, mouth. yes, the child pornography was mine. Okay, you got me. But I didn't. I, just, I didn't murder I, this boy, but here his body is. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. I didn't murder his boy, but here's his remains. Like that's. Oh my gosh. Okay. And actually, most most of the conversations that he had on the phone with his brothers was over property that his brothers could sell for him so that he could have some money while he was in jail. No, fuck and when, you and your money. And you don't was, get no money when you're in jail. <laughs> Right. I'm getting I'm getting mad. <laughs> oh, here here's a good one. Um at one point like he even said that he missed his cats. And they don't said, miss you. They're oh glad God. you're gone. <laughs> oh god, I hope I don't go away too long. I don't deserve this. I tried to be a good person. What? There's there's lots of excuses I could say, I guess. Um but then he was like, whatever, it's done. It's done. It's I'm done. Like, you did it. <laughs> you did it. You fucking old man. <laughs> like bitch ass motherfucker. <laughs> bitch ass bitch. <laughs> I'm just okay. Anyways, needless to say, without Joy Baker's <laughs> investment into the case and all of her research and, you know, continuous hounding of the police and FBI, right. along with bringing Jared into the entire investigation and research of hers. Um, yeah, she's FBI would have, I mean, they may never have even looked and connected these cases and found so crazy to me. And Joy Baker is 
the boss ass bitch like and in fact jacob's mother patty actually publicly thanked both joy and jared into the dedication into seeing this crime yeah to the end because it was such an awful awful thing and just the I just, I just have to sit here and praise her so much because of all the hours that she kept calling and getting denied the police department. Right. Like anybody could have been just her like, away. yeah, anybody could have just been like, well, they said like, don't worry about it. It's not connected. She didn't give up. And she never gave up. She kept pushing. She's she like, no, up. I know this is connected. Well, I know this is a thing. I mean, she kept putting her own children into the, into the view for her. Like that was her right. view path. She kept, That's yeah. what I read somewhere that she had put like, my children is what really pushed me to continue this through because all she could think of is what if it was her boys? What, what if she was in Patty's situation and she was, you know, her boys were that age. And, and when this happened and they, they wanted to go and, you know, just rent a movie and it was her boys. Like all, it's also terrifying. The world is such a scary place. (laughs) It is such a scary place. It's It's fucking terrifying. So four months after Jacob's abduction his parents Jerry and Patty mm-hmm. they formed the Jacob Wetterling Foundation it's an advocacy group <laughs> <laughs> I can't read tonight or talk say it again try it again it's a what no, no I'm good <laughs> it's a what no, you got it it's an advocacy I, I said that but I <laughs> but I stuttered an advocacy because I see I'm trying it's it sounds fine. weird when I say it it's fine I can't say the snowman abdominal yes that one no I can't either abdominal abominable that's not it it's a hard word <laughs> it's hard what the fuck am I saying I don't know they start an advocacy Anyways, um, for this group for children's safety. Yes. And in 1994, um, the federal Jacob Wetterling Act was passed and named for Jacob. And it was the first law that instituted a state sex offender registry. Okay. So thanks to that. Yeah. You know, um, and it's, you know, this law has been amended several times, but um, yeah, I mean, they passed this because of basically because of that that's freaking awesome so sadly because he took the plea get deal he is in prison mm-hmm. but he will be 70 years old when he is released and um i feel like that's too young to be released when is he supposed to be released in i believe it's 2035 okay so so there's plenty of time for us to all pick it and start a movement to stop his release is what you're saying yeah (laughs) that was a big pause (laughs) i'm sorry i was trying to i mean yeah yeah like he don't need to get out that's no fucking he doesn't so infuriating the Mm -hmm. the whole plea thing is infuriating i'm done i'm finished i'm done done. i am complete it's, it's such a sad case um but I mean, it did bring to light yeah, a lot of things for children in that time. And it's, it's just a bullshit thing. It's fucking bullshit. You suck. 
you piece of shit right like i was trying to think of more words but it's just it's just dumb it's stupid so we need to thank our patreon night we do <laughs> patreon we night do. patreon night that's a terrible word for it we gotta think of a better word patron is patron so boring to me though i don't like it but i said i say patreons i don't think i mean that's that's the website patreon but i just add an s (laughs) to make it fancy (laughs) like you know pinkies out when you're drinking (laughs) patreon i i don't know we got to work on it probably not while we're recording (laughs) our lovelies (laughs) our lovelies our lovelies our lovelies thank you sweet lovely miranda (laughs) you're awesome (laughs) we love you so much <laughs> we heart you. <laughs> we heart you so much. Also, when I say that, I'm saying heart, not hurt. So just want to Did clear that up. <laughs> somebody was like, why are you hurting people? <laughs> oh my God. Heart. I heart you. <laughs> I guess I could just say love you. and not be weird about it, but hey, I'm awkward. I mean, so. awkward. But yeah, anywho, that's the jacob wetterling case so let's follow us on all the stuff let's follow us everyone do it go to serialholicsisters.com and you can see our instagram on there our facebook our patreon all all of of our all of our stuff so do that all of it and if you haven't if you haven't joined you know our patreon or anything you totally should because our second bonus episode is releasing within the next week basically next week yeah yeah it's going to be awesome. You can hear the first bonus episode if you go yep. join. And it's really cool. And there was one yeah. more thing I was going to say, but I don't remember. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's be awkward. <laughs> oh, well, I guess let's do it. Let's, let's, let's be awkward. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>